Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The following program is rated TV MALSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Hi, Scout. Hi, babe. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I feel weird. You You are on my my couch. I'm on your couch. I'm on your casting couch, (laughs) baby. You're on my love seat. I'm in your love seat. Ooh, what is it? Should I have like checked with the black light? uh, Nothing's happening on this thing. No. It's so funny, like. I mean, I, I really love this chair. I love that it's like 70s. That's like my vibe is this the 70s vibe. But then I took I took initiative. If you guys are joining us on our Patreon, uh, Danielle, whenever we record at her house, she has all of her shit on her walls from every movie that she's done. And I've never hung up anything of mine ever. So, so now she's copied the shit. So now I did. But is it good? I love it. You did a good It's job. good, right? I did really good. Like my movie, my movie, a CD for my movie. Is that the, ba- is that the back of your chair from Halloween? What is uh, that from? No, it's from a different movie. It's is from it? The Chariot. From this uh, this movie that I did with uh, John Malkovich, where I play The Splits. Oh. Can, I can hear myself. I can hear an echo, echo, echo. Oh, okay. Like, oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, anyways, guys, uh, we are recording. Danielle is in Los Angeles because we are mm-hmm. doing a secret photo shoot for the podcast. Yes. And we are so excited. But let's not get into that. We can get into that in another episode. We are excited because... We have a guest. We have a guest. So, mortician and a badass musician. You're rhyming. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Taking TikTok by storm with this deadly knowledge of all things deceased. Yes. Please welcome our next guest, Nathan Morris. Yes. Hey. Oh, I'm not sure which button is the clapping. Hold on. Yay. There we go. Thank I got that you right. Very much. For Welcome. Letting me join you. Normally, people don't want morticians around. They're like they're creepy and they sniff on teddy bears or something. Yeah, we we know. Are but you we creepy? Like that. Do you sniff on teddy bears? <laughs> I don't. I definitely do not. I, I don't know if I'm creepy. You all are. I'm probably not as creepy as you all. You all in your you know, in our world. In our in your world. Yeah. No, you yeah. know. Well, you know. I think you do know that my dad is a mortician. And he was a corner, so I grew up around the dead as well um, in my younger years. I love it. I think it's interesting that that's the case. I yeah. love how I, and I was worried about this. I was telling you, I s- slid into your DMs. About <laughs> your and I have to be so careful about that. And uh-huh. that's why everybody on our social team has access to all of my socials because I'm going to be above board. And I was like, hey, we need a podcast. You're like, funny thing, my dad is a funeral director and Oh yeah, we're going to. So it's awesome how the stars align. I appreciate you all. Yeah, for, well, that's why that's why I I you know gain interest when I I mean we're very new to TikTok. We don't really understand it, and I want to get into that with you. Um, but when I was watching it, your stuff came on my for you page or whatever, and it was just constantly like your stuff was just like when I was swiping it was just always there, and so I finally started to like watch your videos. And my dad's always tried to get me to join the family business. <laughs> and so when I was realizing that you were just, I think you were teaching, I think you 
you know, had students or something and you were just like kind of getting into detail. My dad's never really done that with me. Um, it just kind of sparked something in me and I was like, hmm, maybe it's in I your could be, maybe I might want to be a mortician. You would. You'd maybe. be an awesome funeral director. That's uh, for sure. Thank you. So, so what got you into the um, funeral business and when did you start? I want to know everything. I remember I was 10 years old and my cousin Timmy drowned. Okay. I actually wrote a song about it and I was a musician, touring musician, but at 10, I remember being at the funeral home and this gentleman was standing off to the side in a suit and all the family kept looking toward him and to him. And this is my child mind, right? And mm-hmm. this guy was important, right? And then I was touring. I came home for my birthday in 2010 and I meet Megan, my wife, and I see her and she's this attractive brunette. And I find out that she grew up in the funeral home profession. Her dad owns the funeral home and she's a funeral director and embalmer. And I'm like, that's not what you were doing. Cause this is a, you know, a man's profession, so to speak. And, uh, most funeral directors are chubby middle-aged or old men. You just described my dad. (laughs) Well, I actually got in a lot of trouble for saying that Mm. one time, but I, uh, stopped touring immediately and I asked her dad for the job and he said, you're out of your damn mind. I said, I'm not leaving your office until you give me an opportunity. And I sat there for four hours while I drew from his pipe. Southern Whoa. Kentucky had suspenders on, you know. Oh my God! And so, so just, love got you into your career. Well, a girl. Yeah. The, the drug got me into the <laughs> career, and then I realized my drug is business and creating experiences, and that's that's how it happened. So we had one location, and then I would always continue to do cover songs and release some original stuff, and and then in 2015, I believe we acquired our first funeral home outside of Haley McGinnis. And then from there I was, I was hooked. So now we have, you know, when this airs, we'll have just closed on our 12th location wow. in five years. So it's insane growth. And that's how I, that's how I stumbled upon it. I mean, I grieved the first two years because I went from, I had, you're in the entertainment world, so you get it. It's, and I'm not saying you experienced this, but that's my identity. I don't know who mm-hmm. I am outside of, being the creator i was literally just telling you this i literally yeah. was telling you, i like have it's no real. identity outside of like filming i like don't know who what to scout do with compton is scary i, I grieved for two years you know i put my suit on i had i had nothing to mm. you know i i looked from the outside this is at the right before social media was really popping off in 2010 and stuff i independently released a record starbucks worldwide was uh playlisting it you know the starbucks playlist yeah and some good things were happening got major labels uh, excited about me uh the producers that did the posthumous michael album that's now of course uh i guess frowned upon is the right word Mm -hmm. i don't know but they were working with me on some stuff and uh yet i was living in a closet in a warehouse Oh my gosh. So, you know, a lot has really happened for me from a, from a mental health, you know, it's like, you look like you have it all. And I had no idea who I was. So I grieved for two years. People would come in for visitation and ask for my autograph. Can you like, yeah. Whoa. So I was oh my like, God. Oh my you're gosh, just tripping out. This is awful. I hate myself. <laughs> but then I realized I went from this life of selfishness where mm. it's like, what shoes are you going to go pick up for me today? I mean, it's really stupid to this life of you can't be selfish or you're pushed out. So it's selflessness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of made a vow and uh, that's what happened. And then here we are full circle. It's wow. Really that's so wild. unique. Do you run mm-hmm. your, uh, your funeral home now with your wife? Does she still do it? She does. Her uh, dad, my father-in-law just died May 14th. Oh. So funeral directors don't die. I mean, we, we don't, I mean, we're supposed to live forever, right. Mm-hmm. And take care of people. And it was really wild. And I think that's his legacy, her being on that site all the time, making sure that it continues to thrive. Did he, did he, how was, how was his passing? Did he get cremated or embalmed at your funeral? Like, tell me about his, how do you, how did he plan his funeral? I'm assuming he had it like down to a T, right? He had it down to a T and he's very private man, very quiet man. And actually at his eulogy, I have it right outside the studio. It's six pages and it's framed. Oh my God. Uh, There's so many things about burying a family member you can't be both you can't be the funeral director and the family member so mm. you have to choose one mm-hmm. and so i was 
placed with this responsibility of being the director. And I still can't really always say that without getting, you know, really emotional because I haven't been able to grieve that, but I had to make sure that 62 years of someone's career and taking care of other people was carried out. So when do you, when do you deal with that? Like, I know I saw the, one of your videos with your grandma, when your grandma passed and you had, you know, you're, you're doing it there. So your funeral director first, and then how long does it take for you to snap out of the business mindset in order to be able to be a human and actually feel those feelings? Mm-hmm. I still have it. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. I really haven't. Cause you're still, you know, there's probate, there's the will, there's all these business decisions that have to be made and everyone leans on me. And I mean, Megan's capable, but Megan's the family. Yeah. So someone has to take that over, but it's, uh, that's the, that's the price you pay. And Scout, I'm sure you can remember times where your dad, there'd be like these, I can't snap my finger without (laughs) (laughs) like a little three year old, (laughs) but but there are times that you probably can recall in your mind, not to call your father out, but where it almost seemed as if all of a sudden he just, there was, there was some sort of chaos. And it was like an explosion and he's upset about something. Something set him off. And that's kind of what happened. I think my dad's, my, my dad's go-to was comedy. Like, like he was the big personality, like massive comedian, like sort of. So he was, I think that's what he would put on. That was like his front. And my dad, he, he was really good at not bringing it home. He was very, very good at that. But that's the one thing that I remember why I thought I can't be a mortician is because how heavy it is. I'm, I'm so empathetic with humans, and like I you just call yourself an empath. <laughs> I just would I, you? yeah. I I just I would feel I would take it all home. Mm-hmm. I would I would take every single one home, and I would be like, give me your number so I can make sure you're okay. Like I just mm-hmm. I wouldn't. That's why I would never be a good nurse. I I just can't. I would never let separate. you go home. Yeah. I would be your friend forever. <laughs> like I would. Well, that's that's what it takes sometimes in this. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's not easy. It's not easy, yeah. and it's uh, it's a ministry. You know, you you don't it, whether you're faith filled or not it's a Mm -hmm. calling it's kind of imprinted on your heart you kind of don't just wake up one day and say let's be depressed i know (laughs) you're so sad man it's now i feel bad for my dad i'm like he probably went through all of this but like you didn't know i didn't know i gotta ask him this i didn't know my dad's just such a jolly human being Man, I need to not be so tough on him. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. We are very, we are sensitive. Oh, yo, you we guys are, are sensitive. Oh you my guys gosh. are. And it's so, That's where it's I get my like, sensitivity is from my fucking father. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that stupid, uh, oh, you're being sensitive as like a, a slight. It's, it's just real. We're really sensitive people. We're dialed in and we really care. And I'm an empath. Mm-hmm. So an empath literally who has grown up in traumatic environments and mm-hmm. that's what we do is we develop this sense about people so that we can stay protected yep. protected yeah yep. so i'm literally just i just feel it all day long and then when i get home i just dump it and i'm exhausted it's like i ran 16 miles yeah mm-hmm. oh my god welcome to movie making <laughs> exactly. i was on the i was on the set of stroke of genius my best friend's uh uncle is a producer and I was on set and I'm just watching Jim Caviezel and Claire Forlani. And I'm like, I walk by her and I'm like, hello. And she says, I can't do her accent. I was like, oh my God, I think I just died like three times. <laughs> it's so fun. But there's so much chaos back here. Oh, yeah. Everyone's acting weird. Jim's on the green and like stretching and doing these weird mouth things. <laughs> you know, oh God, one of those weird actors. In the best way. Oh, oh that's crazy. God. Oh my god. I don't know what I would do if I looked over at you and you were doing fucking mouth stretches. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what are you doing? You'd go grab a dildo and stick it in there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, so I do want to talk to you about um but you were kind of just talking about it, but I do want to talk about your band because I wanna I wanna know all the knowledge of that. But if a fan did write and it kind of goes with what you just said, do you rem- so do you remember seeing your first body? And how did. did that how did that feel? I remember seeing Timmy. That was the first deceased loved one. I've never seen anyone die. Think about that. Mm. I've been around thousands and thousands of deceased loved ones. I mean, I've been to car wrecks and I've been to suicides. I've been to murder scenes. I've been to uh, nursing home, anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never seen anyone die or take their last breath, you know? So there's this element of uh, beauty, first ones that arrive. Think about that. 
like we're the first people outside outside of a corner yeah or outside of immediate family members so the the holiness of it really like hey i'm calling you at the worst moment will you please come here and tend to them because i need you that's pretty powerful i remember the very first woman i saw outside of my cousin was uh it was a hoarder h-o-a-r-d as in david e-r mm-hmm. and that was my first death call and experience this dog the dog was trying to play with her and so it was dropping all the toys on her we had to oh shit through. oh my god that mm-hmm. sounds like cody oh my god it's yeah and that was my first experience and i see this lady who had no one obviously didn't know that she was gone for a few days and the dog you know was grieving and i'm looking around like what in the hell is happening in my life right now what did i get myself into and i do i still remember her i still remember her face wow and that was in 2010 yeah oh i remember my first body i saw to a t i will remember that man before you answer that i do want to know like how different like when you're on set does a dead body look versus the actual man that you're referring to oh so different yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the feeling too. I mean, there's so many different elements, but mm-hmm. what's the dead, the dead person that you saw? So it was actually the first dead guy that I saw and the first penis I ever saw, which oh, we've already told this story. That, well, I was that's that young. I was that young. Wow. My dad she just like lifted, naked ma- oh. lifted the sheet, just was like, pow, pow. like, like he was a music magician. He was just like, pow, pow. and I just remember seeing like this, this, Indian man and I was just like whoa it's like this guy's dead it's like yeah this is <laughs> it and this is what I'm doing I'm I'm gonna prep him and we're gonna embalm him and I need your help to take him down did you oh watch the embalming too you've seen the embalming oh yeah oh yeah yeah a I've bunch s- yeah I've seen all that kind of stuff that's why yeah. I feel like I'm like I could go do this if I really wanted to so like we're gonna be we're all gonna be like best friends one day yeah <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah I'm gonna work for you at one of your no, mortuaries no, no, no. That'd, be, that's, that'd be that'd be crazy that'd be wild <laughs> that'd be full circle right there I that's mean, the power totally I wonder if there's like a, a horror themed funeral home anywhere not Oh, horror themes yeah. funeral home anywhere? I'm not I'm not really sure. I don't but... think you want to go to a funeral home and see a bunch of like I guarantee you there are fans listening to this right now that would be out. like, I want to be I want to have Robert England read my fucking eulogy and I want to be buried in that. You know, you know what I mean? I guarantee there, you. We're on a ghost tour because Owensboro, Kentucky, where I'm from, has a very old downtown and one of our locations is in the historic downtown i mean the building's there since 1860 mm-hmm. and it has a ton of it has a ton of experiences i've never been scared you know there's that scary feeling but then there's also like that was somebody or someone mm. but yeah i mean it, people during halloween especially they pay for these tours these grand tours and they take vehicles by and there's the you know you see it. So this is another question from a fan. Have you ever noticed any spirits around you when you work? Have you ever sensed mm-hmm. anything? Tell mm-hmm. me, tell me, tell me, tell me, because I feel yep. like I went nuts. I had this imaginary friend when I in the mortuary and my dad um, buried a stillborn and he named me after her. And I remember when he showed me the, the, like, the picture of her, I was like, that's her. And so like my imaginary friend was... Was not imaginary. <laughs> no. That's real. Yeah, we have stories. And all no the one time. wants to come over, you know, when you live at, you know, no one wanted to come over. I would have come house. over. I totally <laughs> would have come over. People ask that all the time on TikTok. Yeah, we, I was upstairs because we lived above this funeral home too. <laughs> and yeah, we lived up there for three years, but then we had two kids in 10 months. <gasps> what idiots. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Way God. Way to go. Damn. We did. We had two children in 10 months. Oh, my Both God. Me, so it worked out. I mean, it was what weird. Anyway, I was up there painting a room for Megan because she wanted this color. She loved this midnight navy. And I remember painting it. And I'm up there by myself. She's out of town. We have the ceilings are 14 feet tall. Actually, mm. this studio, the ceilings are 14 feet tall. So the ma- it's massive. And I'm up there and I'm like, what the hell? It was like 10 o'clock at night and there are little kids downstairs. Mm. So directly below me is a north hallway and a south hallway. And then there's another other sets of hallways to create a square below me. You follow me? And mm-hmm. it literally sounded like children were playing and running around this always square. always kids? Because, because they're, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I remember my mom came the next day to the, you have to go into the funeral home through the back area 
by the flower room to get upstairs to the residence. And I was telling her this story. She's like, oh, no, she's this very, very traditional Catholic woman. And uh, I was walking her down the back stairs. And she, again, the next day, there's little kids and they're giggling and laughing and running circles. She looks at me. She goes, you're scared. I know you're scared. Let's go back upstairs. I know you're scared. And then she's like, what was that? I was like, mom, it's a damn kids. Oh, man. Don't cuss. Don't cuss. That's crazy. (laughs) Oh, that is crazy. What are you drinking? Are you drinking whiskey? This is, yeah, no, this is a, this is Long Branch. This is Kentucky bourbon bourbon. whiskey, wild turkey, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, delicious. Oh, Matthew McConaughey. Okay, so, so let's talk about your band. So when did that come about? So that was what you, that was what you first started doing. You were a musician. Yep. I actually want to be a garbage man first. (laughs) Doesn't every boy. Yeah, you get to pull the lever, you get to ride on the back of the, you know, the bumper. I wanted to be a princess. Yeah, I think boys want to be garbage men, girls want to be princesses. Yeah, 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 and then I wanted to be a magician, you were talking about. I love Lance Burton and David Copperfield, so I used to just like obsess over I can see you, I totally can see you. Yeah, literally. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, and then uh, I realized that I could sing because I would always get in trouble, and they were like, okay, well, we're going to discipline you by embarrassing you, and so they made me sing this song, and in uh, music class i was eight nine oh. and the rest was history so and you're like i like it yeah i loved it so i started taking voice lessons and piano lessons and then i grew up in a traumatic environment and home and i realized that i would write I would write poems then i would put melody to them in my head and you know i listened to john cicada and boys to men yeah and yeah so i was like i'm gonna do a record I'm 15 years old and these songs sucked they were so bad but i did it and uh, there's something about that and then at 18, as soon as I graduated, I was actually 17 when I graduated. I jumped on a plane, flew to North Carolina, hopped on a tour bus with my friends and lived on the road until I moved home in 2010. Wow. Wow. Liv- yeah. Living on the road, man. How is that? It's um, exhausting. It looks cool. On It looks cool from <laughs> it the sucks. outside. It's like it shooting a movie. so bad. Our friend and, and the bass player, he was like, you know what? For this tour, I'm not going to. He didn't change his underwear <gasps> or wash them for three months. That was like his thing he was going to do. I swear. Oh, for what? No. What the? What's the reason <laughs> to torture everybody? Because you get like you're in this confined space and you just start doing stupid stuff. Like we were there was a brand new Holiday Inn Express in Houston, Texas. The bus was parked. Our bus driver's name was you guessed it, Arnie, he goes inside <laughs> the hotel to take a shower and he comes out and someone had pulled to drain all of the urine. <laughs> 50 <laughs> gallons or something in the <gasps> middle of the parking lot. Oh my God, <laughs> disgusting. And this guy, yeah, a bunch of 17-year-old kids. Right. He's like, well, I saw the drain over there. I thought it would roll down the hill. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and Arnie comes waddling out with his, he always carried like a, I don't know what it was. And he was like, what the hell? <laughs> that is, uh, Take yeah. care of you kids. Yeah, oh, man. Did you guys have, I mean, did you guys have, group, did you guys have groupies? Yeah. There's this girl that came up to Dallas one time and I'll never forget it. He was the drummer and he was 16. And she goes, we still have a boob. He goes, what? He goes, we still have a boob. Did she say it like boob? that? I love, we find my, we still have a boob. She, I think we're in Minnesota. <laughs> she said, we still have a boob. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, but you said it with a Minnesota is. accent, right? Yeah, well, can you do yeah, Minnesota? It was, Did you sign my boob? It sounds like, <laughs> but it was it so was fast. Boob. Maybe it wasn't Minnesota, boob. but she goes, We my boob. So, I've so a couple of my, my exes were uh musicians, so I had to drive a couple of tour buses. Drove, <laughs> yeah, you, I, yeah, I had to drive you one. drove one. Well, one of the guys, one of the drivers, um. Ended up getting arrested. Oh God! And so we were gonna miss the next fucking city. So I had to drive because everybody was drunk. So it was like I'll drive and get us there. And there was a groupie that I didn't know was on the bus that didn't (gasps) need to be on the bus. And then finally, this girl comes out. She's like, "Stop the bus!" from out of nowhere. And I was like, "What is happening?" And she comes out and she's so intoxicated. Is that she like pees like she takes mm. off everything and like just pisses outside and of course like all the guys Ugh. are just like watching and i was like get the fuck back in the bus and i go and like help uh, her and i, I, really I get her a taxi stories. yeah i only <laughs> have those full of stories <laughs> yeah 
See, somebody this... was either always throwing up or peeing, but that was about that was about. <laughs> it. Yeah, what what is it with like urine and 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 boys and vomit? Yeah, yeah. Vomit. vomit. It's called being <laughs> in your twenties. Yeah, literally. We would line the the bus the the toilet with Walmart bags because you don't number two, you number right. one only. <laughs> Ten one. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. yes. Yes. I think we lost you, but I'm just talking to myself still. Oh no! Can, I can you hear, hear us? You. Can you hear us? Awesome. Yep, I did. It just it just glitched. But yeah, we would poop in uh, Walmart bags and throw them out the window. <laughs> oh my god! And the, guys are so stupid. I know it's embarrassing. My dad would do that. He but would. You know what? Though that's a really good idea because I have a trailer and I I have children and they don't know how to not go poop in a toilet. I mean, if I let them go in the yard, they probably would. But that's a good idea. At least I can make them go in a bag. They think that would. They would probably think that was fun too. Yeah. Uh, something that doesn't go down the drain, you know. It doesn't go down the drain and <laughs> yeah. sit and then you can smell it whenever it bounces yeah. the bus. Blah. So my dad my dad would uh, would poo in bags and put it in front of people's house. What? <laughs> yeah, and like dump And like ditch. light it on fire. That's what kind of oh mortician my, my father awesome. was. <laughs> he didn't have good ventilation in the prep room. No. So my dad oh my, my dad got into the mortuary uh business. He needed a job. And nobody would hire him. So he went to his local funeral home and they were like, yeah, we need somebody to sweep, sweep the, the, the floors. And that's how he started. And then he just like never left until he they took him home. And then he became a coroner and then he retired, wow. <laughs> which is crazy. That's wild. That really uh, is. Yeah, it's really nuts. Okay, Daniel, do you mind reading this yes. question from April? Yes. So we did... Um, Submit and we got so many, so questions, many questions for for you. So a lot of them so are like technical so stuff, but but let's talk let's talk about um a, an emotional one first because mm -hmm. I would have no idea how to answer this. So she says, uh, "Need mortuary advice." Hello. I'm currently a student in the mortuary science program. It's something that I've always been passionate about since I was a little girl. I work at a mortuary in the prep room also. I Cosmo, dress, casket, ID views, assist in autopsies, and occasionally cremate. My question is, how do you decompress after seeing so much death? What tools help you mentally and emotionally? I'm normally a bubbly person and feel as though my job jaded me slightly. I keep telling myself it is the job flow and politics versus dealing with the actual deceased. I've excelled in what I do, which my supervisors are always impressed, but not always, but uh, not too sure if subconsciously I am holding on to each case. Any advice? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I, well, I hear her, I hear you, and I agree with you. I find, I find doing podcasts or I find running, running is being healthy is critical. Eating well is critical because your, your gut is your second brain and you got to get them in cohesion. We got to take care of our bodies because our minds are so vulnerable. Uh, that's what I do. And I would encourage, you know, having a thing. The thing is important, right? Is it writing and then singing a microphone or talking in a microphone or making stupid videos or whatever that you, you got to find your thing. And I, I definitely hear you and don't, it's, it's important to not, um, overlook that, right? Just say, Oh, well, this is how it's going to be. If I'm going to be in this profession. No, I don't think you have to settle ever mm. with any question. job really. Right. Yeah. I was never, say. never settle. Be 1% better every single day in something. What's the, go what's the goofiest thing you do? <laughs> uh, I make up some really awesome songs. Um, can you, can you, can you give us one? Can you give us a really uh, awesome, goofy song? <laughs> I, do, uh, I do this song. I don't know why I do this song, <laughs> but it just magically appeared, and it has this... You all are going to sing it after this, and you're yes. going to hate it. Okay. Ball, yeah, I go, balls, false alarm, titty twister. I don't give a fuck if you get a blister. And I just do that over and over. It's hey. like my thing. And, I talk, and when I talk, I do I rhyme a lot. I don't. I probably because I write. Uh, do that song, and then I uh, I sing a lot of uh, turn songs into opera. Okay. Um, oh, you know All or Nothing by O Town, of course. I'm yeah. like, cause I want it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just see you embalming a body, and you're just like. Oh. Well, I, that is another thing that we like. It's that's more of like a delicate thing. Though. Okay. I, I yeah no. It's it's uh, some people do. They have to make jokes. I I'm actually very gentle and in my head. I you know I'm a 
you know, I'm a prayerful, I meditate and do that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. I hope that you're at peace and I hope that you have comfort and all of that. Yeah. I love that you, I was, I was hearing you talk about how you cover their privates too. I was always wondering, always. you know, how, how that is. It's a very vulnerable position to be in. I mean, I think, you know, you are, your podcast is about being, being open about things and talking about experiences and stuff, but you know, when I'm lying dead somewhere, I don't want, I don't want to just be exposed. I'd like to be covered up and there's reverence about that. There's that's, that's beautiful, right? To say, I, I respect this shell so very much that I'm going to honor you by covering you. That is awesome. Cause I, I, I have thought of that, you know, I have thought about that. If I like, I, I, if I die like naked or something well you're gonna they'll take your clothes off you i know assuming, right? still we declothe we yeah. declothe if 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 your clothes are soiled like of course you urinate when you die mm -hmm. most of the time now you got to be careful with your words because on social media you say that you die with your mouth open i was speaking generally and i got crucified so a lot of people do urinate or defecate when they die so we're gonna we're gonna clean those and of course, if there's a lot of trauma involved or cuts or tears, then those usually get thrown away. But I always make a joke with my staff and say, when I die, if I die right now, I hope I poop everywhere and I don't stop pooping because, <laughs> you know, that's what we deal with. And I just want to give them one last little pass. Just shit on them a little bit more. <laughs> so my dad was so picking, my dad was picking up a body um, from someone's home with a man that was in trainee. And he had never picked up a body before. Oh, jeez. And he, he, you know, got them on the gurney. And as he was lifting the sheet up, um, this person released. And uh, this guy dropped the body and ran. Because it was this guy. Apparently, it freaked him out. And he never probably worked in the of, funeral yeah, business. Probably had a loud Again? noise, too. Yeah. so much built up, like pressure and gas. Uh -huh. and, like, whenever you get that to release, it... My, I did that to my brother one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brother, uh, he doesn't work there anymore, but we did this house transfer where we go to a massive king-sized waterbed. Who's, who, who still has waterbeds? I mean, really, except porn stars. Or yeah. Whatever, but um, <laughs> we go, the, the gentleman, I know this guy, and we put the, the cot or gurney right next to, and I'm moving him, and John's on the foot, and he's like, hang on a second, hang on a second, and I know what he was doing, but I was trying to do this quick because we had eyes on us, meaning family. Mm -hmm. Like we have this saying, like if oh. we're walking and we, we glance around, we'll say eyes, you know, mm -hmm. not because we're going to do anything bad, but just because you better be on your game. Don't drop the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Never have actually, believe it or not. But oh, he better knock I on something. him when I told him not to and his face was right at his, his butt and it went, <laughs> it was an audible, it was an audible noise and John looked at me if looks could kill <laughs> he looked at me and said he yeah he killed me with a thousand daggers he, he got in the van it's a transfer van and he goes what in the fuck was that <laughs> I was like, i'm so sorry he did I, I, yeah i was like man does, I'm so sorry. does a dead person's fart smell worse than a, an alive person's fart that's a, a of course there's gonna be a fart question and the answer is <laughs> I would say probably so because the moment you die, you start to decompose and break down inside. So right. all that stuff that's getting out, it's not your normal, you know, uh, meal, if you will. I was going to say, <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, Ew. it does. And yeah, it this goes to another fan question. Do you get used to the smells? I'm very interested no. in this. Okay. No, the smells are, you can walk out of the care center for, I haven't been in the care center for, I actually went on a death call on Saturday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So what is a, where did, what is the care center? We, okay. So you have the prep room, the okay. embalming room, and we call it a care center. It's a mm. place where the most reverent of care is carried out, right? That's someone's loved one and it's important, but you can go in there and have, uh, been there all day. You leave for three days and then you go back in after not being exposed to the smells for a few days and you're like, Oh my gosh, what the heck is that? You know? So the smells never, never, uh, get used to now 
if you're Chris, who I work with, I mean, his, his nose is so messed up from all the embalming chemicals he's inhaled. Not because of us. We have adequate ventilation, but he can't smell anything. Really? No. That's probably better, right? <laughs> probably. I mean, we, yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some stuff. Give me, g- give me, give me like some words to describe what it would smell like just to, so I can get like a, people that are listening, that are driving or hanging out. I want to get like a visual. Okay. So we went to this residence. The, the dude was smoking cigarettes on oxygen oh. and exploded the entire house. So we're freshly out like the fire four walls were the only things that remained and his charred remains were seared to the springs of the bed. And what? I first walked in and I'm r- walking through like three and four inches of, of water in the house. And there's all this insulation. It's just muck. I had on nice shoes too, by the way. And, um, it smelled like chicken, fried chicken. I was like, Oh my God, that smells good. But then <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm serious. It smelled like fried chicken. And then it changed like dr- dramatically. And then it smelled like, I, I can't explain how fried chicken becomes disgusting, but then mm. it became disgusting fried chicken. It smelled so like putrid. Oof. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yep. oh my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And then you have, you know, the ones that have turned more green um, and they have this, uh, they have what's called tissue gas. Tissue gas is an embalmer's worst nightmare. Oh my God. My dad taught me all, all about that. We had, I yeah. think he picked up a body from McDonald's or something that had that. And Wait, he, what, what is it? Oh What's God. tissue gas? Yeah, it was like. Gas. Yeah, go ahead. No, Scout, no, you, you go. You should do. This is this is your calling. It's your calling, Scout. <laughs> it it might be, Scout. honestly, it might be. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can never. I mean, we're obsessed with like true crime stuff. But my, my stuff was like my dad, when he was a coroner, like I wanted to know about the cases. I wanted to know like the, the murders, people. like why, what happened. Like, you know, like that's what I was more into. It's amazing. It's the story putting it together. But uh, tissue gas is whenever... Daniel, somehow it passes, like if you're at a medical examiner's office and they do autopsies a lot, it passes from instruments, right? You, uh, you have to thoroughly clean your instruments. So if it is in your body, then it can spread. So there are chemicals that we can use to keep it from spreading and sometimes it doesn't work. Um, so if it gets in your head, then your head starts to like swell. Yeah, it's awful. Um, we've had some really huge profile funerals and not only do we have to hold the loved one for multiple days, like over a week to prepare. And in the behind the scenes, we literally have tissue gas just spreading. And we're like, oh, my God, if it gets to the head, then we're in we're in trouble. Um, but it's an embalmer's worst nightmare. And the second worst nightmare would be leakage oh. in the face during mm-hmm. visitation. Oh, God. Yep. Have you ever had that happen? Yep. I remember. <gasps> I remember uh, the, the circumstance and I'm trying to be very vague. There was a car wreck. There was a fatality. It was a very high-profile person and what they did for a career. And the the wife comes up to us and says, he's bleeding. And we rush over there, and we had to actually mm-hmm. take him in his casket out of the chapel and take him back into the care center to t- tend to him. And sometimes it's it's not because of botched embalmers or we don't care. It's literally, we're not God. We can't. Uh, you know, look perfect or, mm-hmm. or you lost 40 pounds with cancer. We're going to give it all back. Yeah. Like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a worse nightmare. What, sure. what is like the one common like complaint that a funeral director would get? What, it, what is it? What, what are like those sort of things? People make them up. Mm. I mean, it, they don't have anywhere else to place their grief. Yeah. The cemetery, the grave, if they go there traditionally, you know, we're in a traditional area they drop it at the grave. So the grave can never be level enough. The monument can never be straight enough. The flowers mm. are never alive enough or you, you get what I'm saying? Mm. So yeah. same thing that the certificates are taking too long or mm. I hate that Nathan had to rush off and take a death call on a cell phone. We have a no, no phone policy, right? On public, uh, we call it on stage and off stage. And you know, I had to take a death call. The phone rings. I have to do it. It's part of my job. Mm. People complain about, they find stuff to complain about. And then there's the moments where there's something to complain about and it's real. But more times than not, it's, it's unfortunate. So you just, you accept it and you're like, I, under, I, I understand. I hear you. It's regrettable. We never say, I'm sorry if we don't need to own anything, mm. you know, that's good. People I like that. Everything. Oh yeah. It was the best advice I was ever given. 
because I used to say I'm sorry. It's like, mm-hmm. what the hell am I sorry for? I didn't do anything. So it's regrettable you experienced that. It's regrettable that happened. I'm, I'm going to use that with my husband because he says I don't say I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm yeah, like, just, ooh. And so tell me again. I, I, what's, the, what's the exact phrasing? It, the exact I, phrase is it's regrettable this happened. It's regrettable that you experienced this. Oh, or, David, when you start, when you edit this, it's regrettable <laughs> that you feel some sort of way. You all fight. Is there a lot of is there a lot of fighting? No, there's like constantly. Like, there's gonna be a constant. You all need merch that says it's regrettable. It's regrettable. It's regrettable. Everything. Um, okay, so we do have a another question here. Uh, what is the most bizarre item found inside someone's stomach? Ooh, this didn't Whoa. happen. That just lit me. you up. I love that. You're like, this is exciting. Right? <laughs> well, I guess it, it can it be something that leads to the stomach and you'll know where I'm going and sure. you'll appreciate it. Okay, great. So your father being a coroner has experienced a lot of things. I know this. Well, I know a coroner in a couple of counties over in his younger years, he goes to the scene and he comes out and there's no one there but his the deceased loved one's son. And he said, You've been in there, right? And the son says, Yes, sir. And he said, If anything that's in there is discussed it didn't come from me and he's telling me this story i'm like oh my god what's going on so i get back to the funeral home this is the corner and he goes to retrieve the loved one from the cot or gurney to the prep table embalming table and he pulls the body and he hears clunk and he's like what the heck because on scene he had already looked at the the loved one and he rolls him and inside his anus is a two and a half inch ball toe like a toe hitch hitch (gasps) that he had inserted in him and he accidentally died uh, while asphyxiating himself uh, erotically oh (laughs) my he had on and he had on leggings or or stockings and stuff like that yeah it's like world's greatest dad that's literally what happened i don't want to die that way no you don't no but like it's very common right why didn't he take it out well, because he died. Because he died. Because he, he, he died. Oh, it was himself. Okay. He was. Yeah, it was himself. He got was, it. He was, Why is that a thing? Why is that a thing? I don't know. I really don't. I, I just don't under. But it's very common that a lot of men die that way. It's happened. That that's not even the only story that I've heard where there's something stuck up there, inserted in them. But a two and a half inch ball uh, hitch is pretty. Could Jesus. you imagine, Danielle? No. <laughs> I have a hitch on the back of my truck. I'm like thinking about, no, no thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, something else. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being the son, you know, because oh, I'm man. sure this man is an incredible, was an incredible guy. Like I'm sure he did some awesome things, right? Yeah. And what we do, our private and secret and whatever lives we live, I mean, that's that's not to be aired out. I don't, yeah, it's awful. He just wanted to try something new, you know? He just I don't was think bored. A two and a half inch. That's ball probably not first. <laughs> I think you would start with like a pencil tip or an eraser. Let's go all in. Let's go all in. You know just what? Dive in the deep end. Go if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it hard. We're gonna do it big and hard. That's giant. Okay, I have yeah. a question unrelated to mortician because we always do this poll thing, and hopefully you're okay with me asking this. Speaking of inserting really, things in your yeah, anus, since we're 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 along this line, do do you have sex toys? Like, do you as a man have sex toys? I don't. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not faulting See, anyone. See, it's does. not. Com- it's not a common thing that. So Danielle, we we have this debate where I was just trying to. I say not a lot of men have sex toys unless like you are with a partner and you get them together. Danielle has seemed to think that all men have these treasure chests of toys. Yeah, I know. I know someone who does, but I I don't. But I, I mean, they've got two kids ten months apart. The as soon as she, you know, she wasn't even allowed to have sex then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I know. was it. Like, I mean, you did it too soon. I, you have to wait. Yeah, like, it, what is it? Four weeks. I, you're supposed to wait six. Six. Weeks. You waited four. They love each other. Okay. <laughs> you know, listen. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think I did too. I think maybe I made it to three, and I was like, "This is bullshit." It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm fine. It's fine. Yeah, down it's there. fine. Look. I had a C-section. <laughs> it doesn't. There's nothing wrong with that hole. Awesome. No, I, I, no, I know a guy that does that does have them and uh i don't choose no yeah okay see it's Who not knows? a common thing i lo- i love that every man is on my side i just love it i love it that i'm what's winning your, what's your love language 
physical touch, words yep. of affirmation. You tell me that I'm handsome and I do a good job. I'll be Oh, what's your hands. sign? What's your sign, Ethan? I'm an Aries. You're an Uh-oh. Aries. When's your birthday? April 5th. April 5th. Pisces yeah. over here in Gemini. Pisces in Gemini. Does, does that mean we <laughs> all, do, do your all signs mean, because I'm not really, but I believe like more and more that everything lines up. Are we friends via your signs or no? You were always the guys that I wanted to fuck but never wanted to really be with, <laughs> to be honest. It was always the Aries that I was like, you guys are out of control. You were on fire yeah. and you would, it sounds like so much fun, but you yeah. were always super toxic for the me. The only Aries that I dated was like Peter Pan syndrome. I fucking fell in love real fast, but that to get that guy to Scary. commit was hard. Yeah, you guys are, you guys are tough. It's interesting you say that because I liked the idea of, girls falling in love with me mm. Does that, that makes sense yeah, yeah. the yeah. idea yeah that's exactly a, it yeah charismatic I was not, uh, like i was not a jerk though like right I, no I, you guys are very yeah Aries loyal are real they, strong they really dump you very kind <laughs> kindly it's a really nice dump <laughs> oh <laughs> my on. god oh, it's so funny wow i instantly <laughs> yeah. knew i instantly i was like I, Aries yeah. instantly funny <laughs> i've gotten to yeah, design stuff I, so i, I do always, i remember that yeah you remember those times i do want to get mm-hmm. into the whole tiktok sensation so what made you join the platform how is that platform like that's a lot of work isn't it it's so much work we're, we're trying Ugh. to do tiktok it's very very hard it's very challenging for us um so i'm just like interested in how you decided to to join that platform and what it's done for you. I'm sure it's changed a lot of stuff for you, and I just want to hear your opinion on all of that. I think doing something that's scary is, and you're, but you're excited about it, means it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And the progression that I do at the funeral homes and how I'm always taking risks, that's, that's who I am too. I don't know if that's an Aries thing or not, but <laughs> I'm always a risk taker and I'm a forecaster I can see, but I hired a social media manager for the funeral homes. And she was capturing content. And I'll never forget this conversation. I was like, you know, you need to capture some content that's just organic of the staff at different locations, interacting with people, whatever. So she films me talking to high school seniors. I always give a tour of one of our care centers and I give them the, uh, you are 83 year old man, you've just died entering our care, going through the process, leaving the chapel. So it's this whole thing. She filmed the whole thing and turned it into different videos but the first video got 63,000 views she wow. posted it unbeknownst to me mm. she went on my tiktok because i gave her she's like do you have tiktok tiktok i was like yeah i've got like 38 followers if you go back to my first videos it was me singing to my son navy and mm. he, he mm. like pretty much shut up you know <laughs> yeah he's just looking at me and then uh, uh me holding our baby bear is his name and i was singing yeah that's what i'm gonna name my kid bear it's bear and blue that's sweet. It's it's an awesome name, and I, I, love I think it. it's great. And uh, then she posted it, it got like sixty three, sixty five thousand. She's like, I edited a part two. Can I post that? I'm like, well, that's awesome. She posts it, and then literally she refreshed it, and she said, "You have thirty five hundred followers. You have six thousand followers." And so I r- literally rallied everyone in the office because I bit b- believe in culture, and I said, "Listen, we have an opportunity here to be intentional." to be kind, mindful, considerate, all these things. So let's never waver from that. I never put something out just because I think you'll like it. I like everything I put out. If you don't like it, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And then it was 20,000, 30,000, 20,000 followers a day because we did three videos a day Mm -hmm. immediately, just three videos. So we've broken the algorithm. I mean, so they favor our videos, it seems. And so I'm always popping up on For You page. But Gary V a year ago, Right before this happened in February, he posted a video where he's at a conference and he's telling these business people, I'm telling you right now to get on TikTok, but you all, 81% of you all will leave here and never do it. And that's your own fault. So I got on TikTok, I posted it, and that's that's kind of how it happened. And it's real. Wow. How fast? You all so, need to do it. So that, that success was like super fast for you. Oh, it was overwhelming and, and I had to rally a bunch of troops and essentially, you know, pour a foundation because we didn't have one in that world. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I have a really cool process. I believe in process. I hate what I call noise where it's like everyone's like going all over the place and tripping over everybody. There's there's things that have to be done. So I've got people in the in their lane, but it took a little bit and it was overwhelming and it was 
um, very stressful for mm-hmm. three months. Mm-hmm. So, so what does that do, that success, what does that do for your business? Has it changed anything for your business? The profession as a whole has been so quiet about what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Your dad can attest to this. It's like what we do is holy and sacred, and yes, it is. But I am really proud of the people I work with, and I want to show you what they do and what we do together to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And then this, and I've said this the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, it's so true. Who else chooses you every day? I mean, even your own spouse doesn't always choose you every day. But at a moment's notice, I have a team that I am on a team with that literally will drop everything, opening Christmas presents, going out to dinner or a date, and come and take care of you. And that's like really beautiful. So I wanted to show that. And it's opened a lot of doors in the sense of funeral homes that want to sell. Mm-hmm. It cuts out the, the cold call, right? Because that's your first interaction with them a lot of times. They feel like they know me. So they'll call me. They'll reach out to me. And it's beautiful meeting these people. Uh, people are changing careers because of a video I've posted. And I always wanted to make, like, I was, I want to wear a suit every day. <laughs> this is what I used to say as a kid. And I'm like, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but your suits are pretty no, fabulous, though, I have to say. You have well, fantastic you style. Yeah, you do. You do. I do appreciate Tom that. Tom O'Connell. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wait, Scout, I have to ask you. Scout told me something a couple of months ago, and I about fell off the couch. I had no idea that sometimes bodies sit up during cremation. I've heard that. There's a, there are retorts that are chambers, crematories, where... You know, you have to lift this door with a button to kind of look at how the body's uh, positioned so that the flame is on your, you know, your cavity. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it's like a, whenever something starts to melt, you know, it starts yeah. to cool. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what a, a, a loved one's body is doing, like at the head and the, yeah. it's starting so to do you of, do you push the body in first and then turn the oven on or do, <laughs> is it already he preheated? Oven? <laughs> well, well, it it is. I'm curious. Uh, is yeah, is it both. preheated or both? And yeah, it's um, Chris who does a lot of our cremations at one of our locations. He does that for specifically obese cases. Oh, wow. Uh, Cases are, cons- are cremation cases. A loved one's not the case, but the cremation case is what I'm referring to. And they'll sometimes if they're so large that they put them in head first. So you put like you two are so petite that your feet would go in first and your head would be at the door. Right. And el- uh, overweight people, obese people, not just overweight, would be foot head first. And because it starts yeah. to, to burn as you're putting it in. Well, there's this lit. Uh, I don't know every, everything there is, but my, my hypothesis is there's this lip that comes up like this and then the door. And I would think that it's because of all of the fat, the fat burning. Yeah. The it doesn't pour out and it's like a grease fire. I mean, it is, it's a grease fire. So the chamber has to be relatively cool, meaning you haven't had to been run in the crematory all day long. And then you're like, I'm going to put in a 700 pounder. That's where all the news articles come out where you have flame shooting out of the, building and smokes everywhere oh yeah. it's a great oh so the so the bigger the bigger you are the more fat you have on your body the more the fire's gonna be wow i so did not even think about that self-cremation you're like self-cremating so you'll turn the crematory on for just a second get that flame going and then you turn the flame off and you just and poke the, the fire the body just does the body it is literally cremating it yeah, because <gasps> it caught fire so do yeah. you want to be cremated or do you want to be buried i want to be buried i want the most I already I want to be in a navy suit. I want a white like my signature suit is I wear a white shirt to every funeral. I wear either a navy or black suit. And then I want a navy suit, white shirt, and I want a nice navy tie. You better get my hair right. I was who's gonna do your hair? <laughs> uh I would think that, you know, Megan would. But mm, and again, yeah. it's your it's your own. So I don't know. Everyone grieves different. Would, would you with on. would you with her? Would you do mm-hmm. okay. I wouldn't embalm her. I would absolutely make sure her hair's right because I know what she looks like. I know how her makeup is. Uh, she always I'm getting emotional. Over so wait, here. so you wouldn't embalm yep. her? What if there's like an open casket viewing kind of thing, or that you couldn't do that because there's so much time? Like, is there a certain amount of time that you have to like get it done quickly, or no? Mm-mm. No, we we literally just buried someone that we held for over a month. Their family were traveling all over the world, and they had plans and life happened and we they said can you hold her for a month and we're like yep 
They just in the fridge. Just, just you just put stayed. Yep, she was embalmed, and we put her in the in the cooler, and we applied just uh, cos- uh, cream on her on her face and on her hands. You know, you want their hands to be natural feeling and not be so dehydrated because you dehydrate under your eyes oh. and on your on your fingertips. They actually will squish, if you will. But you can do feature builder. Yeah, I can I can make you all look really pretty. I mean, you already are pretty, but I'm saying like I can do your all's makeup for you. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I really can. What, what I should can I do? What should I add to my makeup? No, less less is more whenever yeah. you are a deceased loved one, mm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man, that is oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah, and then you everybody's face is somewhat uh, dimensional, mm-hmm. if you will. So take your fingers like this right now. You're gonna do it, do mm-hmm. it from your eyebrows to your to the top of your forehead yep and do it from your eyebrows to your nose tip your nose mm-hmm. oh nose yeah and it's oh. right so that's what i do if i've never seen you in life or have seen a photo of you and it's one o'clock in the morning and you've died and it's an embalming if i have you on the table i will take if your mouth is slightly open i'll take my fingers and and uh measure your your face your face measurements to get your mouth shut right Interesting. Mm-hmm. I just lost my gr- my grandma's. Yeah. So I had this necklace um, from uh, my mom. Maybe it was like a little look like a little, I don't know, little circular thing. And I have my grandma's ashes in it. And I lost it. It fell off my neck last night somewhere. I'm not sure if it was like out in the parking lot or it's gone. And I actually said to my friend last night when I got home, I was like, God damn, my fucking necklace broke. My necklace is gone. And she's like, was it an important one? And I said, yeah. Yeah. And she said, was it, was it, did David, my husband, give it to you? And I said, no. And she goes, oh, was it Naomi's? My grandma. And I said, it, it, it actually was Naomi. <laughs> she was like, what? Oh, uh, no. I was like, it was Naomi. It was uh, my grandma's ashes. And I, I have no idea where the hell they are. They're, they're like in, probably in the laundry at Burke Williams in my robe. You should call them. That's like, that's very, <laughs> I mean, you, I you have more ashes. That. You should, oh, okay. I, okay. She's, 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 another she's, necklace. she's got a lot. <laughs> she's making another you necklace. Be, have you all pre-planned your funeral? Do you know what it looks like? Like, what does it look like for you right this second? If you died right now, please don't. But what does it look like? Oh, Scout Co. Um, I, I kind of want similar, like my, my pops, like I want to be able to like, I want I want to be by trees. I want a bench by my grave. Like I just want somewhere that my loved ones can come and visit me. I hope. <laughs> I hope they come and see me. Um, but what I want to look like inside, I have no idea. I have hmm. no you know idea. What outfit like if what would you wear? You know. I I that that is so strange to me to think about. I I I'm so boring that I feel like I probably would have you would somebody have, put me in yoga pants. Yeah, and your cowboy boots. <laughs> and right? my cowboy boots. Yeah, you and, do rock some cowboy boots. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. but also get my hair right. Like yes. I need a little curl. Right. I need a little curl. Yeah. And like I don't wear much makeup, so I just want to look like super. Just like you. Yeah, but I want my nails to look really cute. Yeah. Do you do a design thing. on my nails? <laughs> I would not be able to do that. but I Like a flame or something? Really, I can do a damn good nail. If you give me that good old grandma mauve color, I'll make it perfect. <laughs> oh, I'll make it perfect. Danielle, what does it look like for you? Um, I want to be cremated. <sighs> really? Yeah. Do you, because want to, I, you want visitation before? Um, I don't think so. No. Hmm. No. What about your kids or what about scout and all the people that love you i just don't want them to have that in their mind it, i think it just really depends on how i would die well you know i i'll push back respectfully not because and this is another thing people are like oh you just want money i'm not gonna bury you but people need to see to believe mm. that's mm. real and we've had people come to us that chose to have mom or dad cremated and they come to pick up the death certificate so they had a memorial service and the urn was present and that's great and all and stories were shared, but they come back and they're in the office and they're sobbing and they're like, we didn't see them. They saw them at the hospital. Right. They saw them at the hospice house, but they didn't see them. Right. Yeah. And we have to see because it's, it's final. It's real. And if I can walk up to your casket and say, I appreciate her, appreciate her existence. And I'm grateful for all this. Y'all have this life cremate after, but 
I want to be able to patch on the hand, you know? You know, my yeah. dad my dad died when I was seven, and uh, he was cremated. He was in a bad car accident. He was cremated, but he had a casket, so his ashes were inside the casket at the funeral, and then there were photos on top. And I remember this, like, horrific memory of walking down going up to the casket to say my goodbyes or whatever and screaming that might get my daddy out of there he can't breathe like a just that might not have under, something to do with it oh maybe I would say that has a lot that of might it. have something yeah. to do with why yeah. you don't trauma yeah. trauma traumatic deaths yeah do tend to uh, paint a picture like, oh, and i want well, everyone I to have some of my ashes if they want them <laughs> yeah. Just everyone can have a little bit of me what about the place i'll push back there's a video i posted and it's very sentimental there's a the place is important. Like, where do you go? Where am I going to go to honor you? Like, mm. where do I go? Right. There has to be a place, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. And so my cousin David, mm -hmm. he died. He died um, after coming home from Iraq. And he uh, got drugs laced with fentanyl. So he had PTSD. <laughs> and so it, it was just, it was this accidental overdose. He overdosed, drops dead, 33 years old. He's cremated and they want to scatter them in the ocean well that's great and i think if that's your thing that's awesome but the family where where do i go yeah. where do i go he's my best friend so what we did was really awesome before grandmother died who just died her um my cousin was in 82nd airborne and my grandfather was in 101st airborne and so we put david's military marker at the foot of granddad's grave and so i'm able to go to mm. that space right right there has to be a space because it will outlive all of us, right? Yeah. But 200 years from now, when they walk by and they're like, who's Scout? Right. Oh, she's somebody that's important and that mattered. She yeah. mattered. You know, that's, that's cool. where my son, when he, when, he, when he had his first day of kindergarten, mm -hmm. I told you the Scout, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. He just had kindergarten. He's, he might be a mortician. I'm telling you. He might be a mortician. I said, we're driving Calling on it. the way to school. First day, we just moved to Texas. And I, I said, what do you want to do to celebrate after your first day of kindergarten? He said, I want to go to the cemetery. I think that's my kid. I think that's my kid. <laughs> I, I was think, like, I think something happened. So I took him, I took him to the cemetery. That was like where I went to as a kid. I always went to the cemetery. He always okay, guys. So after my story about Carter wanting to go to the cemetery after his first day of kindergarten, either we had some internet issues or some ghosts came to visit us and we lost Nathan. So we just wanted to say a big thanks to Nathan Morris for coming on our podcast. You can follow him at Nathan Morris on Instagram and NathanMorrisMusic.com. And of course, his TikTok is awesome. If you want to watch this episode and all of our prior episodes, check us out on Patreon. Talk scary to me. Thanks, guys. See you next week.